thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. But now is the time to level up and take the next step and become a member of ad-free shows. Top Guy Weekend is in the books, and the planning is already underway for the next event. There is a big-time buzz still going on from the event in Chicago, and many have already secured their spot for next year's event as a result. You can, too. Become an annual Top Guy member today at adfreeshows.com. And if you're still curious about the buzz but not yet sure, we have a special offer going on right now. Head on over to adfreeshows.com today and try it out for free for the remainder of September. Yes, free. Sign up at any tier and simply message ad free once you've signed up and they will issue a full refund for the month. There's never been a better complimentary piece to your wrestling fandom than becoming a member at adfreeshows.com right now. So head over now and begin enjoying all the perks for free Again, adfreeshows.com. Pardon the interruption. I hope you're enjoying the Kurt Angle Show. Did you know that there's an official store for the podcast? It's called boxagimmicks.com. It's where you can find shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more, all related to the Kurt Angle Show. It is one of the best ways to support the podcast. So check out boxagimmicks.com. And thank you for listening to the Kurt Angle Show. Hey everybody, before we get going today, I just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate your support here for the podcast. Even after all these years, we're still having a lot of fun and we hope you are too, but behind the scenes, man, I'm still doing my first love. I'm helping people save money at SaveWithConrad.com, And that's really why I started podcasting to begin with, to help listeners nationwide, just like myself, wrestling fans who knew where they wanted to be, but they just weren't exactly sure how to get there. I think most of us have the same goals. We want our piece of the American dream, right? We want to own a home. We'd like to pay it off if possible, maybe one day a vacation home, but we certainly want to help our kids. We don't want them to be saddled with student loans. We don't want to be drowning in credit card debt. We just want the peace of mind of knowing that we've made the best decisions for our family. And that's what my family is dedicated to doing over at SaveWithConrad.com. Don't take my word for it. Check out our reviews, ConradReviews.com. Check out what my man Nicholas up in Lexington, South Carolina wrote. He gave us a five-star review and he says, Francis, Larry, which is my dad, and Holly were great to deal with and answered questions I didn't even know to ask. I tried to refinance over a year ago and wasn't able to. In that year, my debt only increased and I wanted to give it another shot and I'm so glad I did. Your team not only got me a lower interest rate, but saved me $800 a month in credit card debt while keeping the same monthly payment. My credit score has also jumped 92 points in less than two months. I highly recommend using SaveWithConrad.com for your refinance needs, or you can be an undercover hillbilly and keep overpaying. Well, I appreciate that. I don't want you to keep overpaying. I want you to keep more of your own money. Thanks for the five-star review, Nicholas. We greatly appreciate your support. And guys, we're licensed in more than 40 states. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. If we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. Punch it in your phone right now. You'll be glad you did. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Well, he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. He's a real athlete, so give him your respect. He's got intensity, integrity, intelligence, too. Then he'll 
Hey, this is Kurt Angle. Welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the day I signed with TNA, Impact Wrestling, and all the events leading up to it. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Conrad Thompson. How you doing today, Conrad? Man, I'm excited to be here. I'm still pumped about last week's episode. I think Unforgiven 2001 might be the best episode we've done. It was real. It was emotional. It was an important time for our country, for you personally, and for your family. And now we're here to talk about a different time. Uh, you're not still getting going in the WWF. You've, uh, you've left the company and now people are wondering what's next for Kurt. So if you haven't already check out the leaving the WWF episode available now in our archives, but let's sort of just hit the reset button and give everybody a catch up of where the wrestling business is at the time. And even MMA, uh, in America, you've got TNA, which of course is total nonstop action. You've also got ring of honor and a bunch of independent promotions, but there's really no one at the level of, of AEW. Uh, over in Japan, you've got new Japan pro wrestling, of course, and all Japan still limping along pro wrestling, Noah zero one and hustle. And then as far as MMA goes, of course, here in America, you've got the UFC pride fighting championships over in Japan, uh, K one. And I, I believe the IFL at this point, Bellator doesn't even really exist. So what were you thinking was next for Kurt angle on the heels of leaving WWF? Did you think I'm definitely going to TNA or did you think you would try some other things? Well, all I wanted at the time was a break. Yeah. Uh, the issue was once I got released and everyone found out I was released, all these promotions started calling me, calling my agent. And, uh, I was thinking to myself, what am I missing out on? <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of opportunity out there that I never even, uh, tried to get into. I never pursued it. So I decided that I was going to start pursuing it. So it was business back as usual. Uh, but I was going to set up business for after I, when I took my break, I was still going to take a break, but I was setting up something for after my break. So I know you had been running hard and you needed a break, you know, the vigors of the road and working nonstop and trying to fight through energy or injuries. Uh, it had to be a pretty stressful time, but when it came time to, to sort of court these new opportunities, did you have the same agent now that you did back then? Yes. Yes. I had the same agent and, um, you know, he had experience with contracts and I've had him since I started in pro wrestling. So I continued on with him. His name's Dave, Dave Hawk. And, uh, he did a tremendous job and he, he really stepped up for me, uh, after I left WWE, uh, you know, he was the one that was negotiating the deals and, uh, getting everything done. So he, he really did an excellent job of getting me a new contract. By and large, the WWE really wants to have their arms around everything from what I understand, but it feels like now this may have been the first time you had been this popular with this amount of, I don't know, publicity or support from the mainstream that you could really field some of those opportunities because prior to you leaving WWE, everything had to be approved by them. Right. Right. So now, you know, after my release, I was free to do whatever I wanted and, uh, I it didn't really come to me until it occurred. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to get approval for anything anymore. So this is a lot different. Freedom is a lot different. It's good and bad because it's good. You have more opportunities to pursue, but it's bad because you're not under contract and you're not getting paid at the time. So there's a give and take. Talk to me a little bit about 
you know, your, your family situation was different back then. You're trying to navigate, you know, Hey, here's my new life. So to speak, uh, with regards to income, do you have a meeting with your agent and say, Hey, we need to get to X just to sort of maintain the same quality of life and lifestyle that you had enjoyed, or was it really, Hey, let's stretch and see what we can do. Well, I, I, you know, I wanted something that was long-term, uh, to take care of myself and my family. Uh, you know, when you're in professional wrestling for 20 something years, you're going to beat your body up and, uh, you need something in return for that. And hopefully it is money that would take care of you for the rest of your life. So that was the first priority for me. Uh, the other one was, uh, just an opportunity to, uh, to spread my wings again and show the talents that I had. And, uh, you know, in WWE, you know, I had a great career there, an excellent career, but I knew I was just getting started, uh, you know, being in the business for six years, um, you know, you, you don't reach your peak until seven, eight, nine years in. So I knew I, I never reached my peak yet. So I wanted to spread my wings somewhere else. I'm sure you're getting flooded with, with lots of opportunities, some better than others. Do you remember some rather silly or memorable ones that came your way that for whatever reason didn't work out? Well, you know, there was one-off fights. I think one with Hoist Gracie, I think it was Bodog that offered me a half million dollars. And the reason I turned that down is because Hoist Gracie is a badass. Yeah. He's one of the best MMA fighters of all time. And if I'm going to fight him, it better be a lot more than a half a million dollars. Right. It better be like 5 million, you know? So, uh, that, that was something I did not pursue. Another one was Bob Sapp. Uh, I was supposed to fight him over in Japan. I'm not sure if it was for K one or who it was, but, um, they were very interested and, uh, you know, we talked about it. They wrote up a contract, but nothing ever transpired from it. So, uh, that, that was a one-off. I think they were going to give me uh, $600,000 for that fight. And that wasn't enough uh, for me to do a one-off. So it was, um, I was in a situation where I just wanted to do something more long-term. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. In regards to the Bob Sapp fight, there's been uh, rumor and innuendo over the years in that MMA community that a lot of those fights that Bob had over in Japan were maybe a little more theater, maybe a little more wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did, yes. were you of the impression that, that that was going to be a work too, or did you think that was going to be a shoot fight to my knowledge? I, I heard it was going to be a shoot fight. So, you know, the, for me to fight a, a shoot fight for $600,000, uh, I would have done it if it was a work shoot. Sure. You know, sure. Half work, half shoot, but, uh, for a straight up fight, I, I was expecting a lot more money. Did you think just based on the, the steam and the momentum that you had, the popularity that you had, that you were going to be worth more to that promotion. And that's the reason you wanted more, or were you nervous? Maybe in the hoist Gracie standpoint that, Hey, I'm injured and I haven't been actively training in this. And this guy's been doing it full time. I might lose. In fact, I 
probably will lose. Cause when it goes to the ground, he's going to know more about jujitsu than I do. So I don't want to ruin some brand equity that I've built for myself as the wrestling machine for a rather nominal amount of money in the scheme of things. Well, you're right. You have a lot to lose and a, a lot to gain. Sure. I mean, it all depends on how you look at it, but when you're fighting someone like Hoyce Gracie, uh, you better be prepared. I mean, I, I, I would have had to have at least a year of training in right. to do that. And they weren't going to give me a year to, to get that done. So uh, this was more of a quick fight uh, set up. Let's do this, uh, get it done. And uh, I, I wasn't uh, game for that. <laughs> yeah, because it re- and I'm sure a lot of our listeners may not be putting two and two together, but the way you lay it out, it sounds like to me, Hey, here's this guy who we know has not been training uh, in amateur wrestling, even on an active basis on a daily basis, because he's been in the entertainment world. So if we can catch him straight off of quote unquote, Hollywood fighting, and now put him into a real fight situation, we're going to get a whole lot of new buzz and steam behind Hoyce Gracie. And then we're going to move on without him. And then, you know, we've made money off your name, not the other way around. Without a doubt, you're absolutely right, Conrad. And that, that was my concern. I, I didn't want to lose popularity and my reputation over one fight uh, when that's what they wanted to do was build up Hoist Gracie. Hypothetically, because I know you were at least keeping somewhat of, of tabs on what the UFC was doing. When you go back to, say, the, the infancy of the UFC, if they could have set up, you know, let's pretend in an alternate universe, there was an opportunity for you to do that. Uh, maybe right before the Olympics or right after the Olympics, we'll call it when you were, you know, peak Kurt angle, so to speak in amateur wrestling, how do you think a fight with you and Hoist would have went uh, without me training jujitsu? Right. Cause back uh, then nobody really did, right. It was styles make fights. It's a wrestler versus a jujitsu guy. And he, yeah. he really took great pride in, and and being able to survive and quote unquote, pull guard and get guys on their back. And they weren't used to being there. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I think that me personally, I think I would have dominated the fight. Yeah, I agree. I think that Hoist would have caught me in something and had me tap out. So, uh, you know, he is so established at what he does, you know, with jujitsu and all his submissions. Uh, he, he's one of the very best. And to go in there untrained, not knowing what to expect, you're going to get caught. There's no doubt about it. You know, I would have had to knock him out before he tapped me out. And I don't think that would have happened as a reminder. Cause I know we've got a lot, mostly pro wrestling fans listening to this. And there is some crossover of MMA, but Hoist Gracie is really the guy in Gracie jiu-jitsu in those early UFCs who probably introduced the world to what jiu-jitsu was. I mean, for years, people would sort of fantasize what would happen if a boxer fought a wrestler what would happen if a jiu-jitsu guy fought a boxer but the world found out when it goes to the ground jiu-jitsu is going to win in the end now that guy might take some damage along the way but if you don't know how to manipulate your body the way a jiu-jitsu master does then it's probably going to be the end of you um and everybody after that started to train in all disciplines so it begs the question Later in life, once we knew what we found out about jujitsu, did you ever dabble in that just in your free time or spare time, learning a few things? Yes. Actually, when I took off, uh, when I left WWE, I started training a little bit, um, at the Pittsburgh fight club and I did it for about three or four months. And, uh, you know, I, I, even when I signed with TNA, I was still doing the training and, uh, I wanted to become more knowledgeable because I wanted to keep my options open to have a big MMA fight down the road. So 
I started training jujitsu and uh, uh, stand up fighting, uh, you know, boxing. I uh, was, was learning all the trades so I could be well versed and uh, well prepared if I ever did have a fight. But, uh, it, you know, it never occurred. And uh, I got lost into wrestling again. I love pro wrestling. And, uh, you know, there was nothing that was going to keep me from it. Um, you know, when, when uh, UFC offered me a deal, uh, when uh, I left WWE, uh, it was a really good deal. But I told Dana that I had to wrestle too. And he said, there's no way you can wrestle and fight. And he's right. I, that was a stupid idea that I had in my head that I could th think that I could do both. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have survived very long doing both. And, uh, but, uh, that that's what I wanted and Dana, uh, would not allow me to. So I had to turn down his offer. All right, folks, let's run a timeout right now to talk about our friends at chirp. Chirp is a brand dedicated to helping the world feel good so they can do more of the stuff they love. In other words, Chirp is all about feel good, do more. To do this, Chirp creates simple, innovative, and effective pain relief and prevention solutions. Chirp started with a revolutionary wheel for back pain, but they really are just getting started. I got to tell you, our experience with Chirp here at the Thompson household has been huge. Uh, Mrs. Thompson hurt her back several years ago, and now whenever she maybe overdoes it at the gym or comes home bragging about a PR, I know what's going to happen later that night. She's going to be in the floor rolling around with Chirp. Chirp is all about helping people feel good and do more, and this back pain is preventing millions of people from feeling their best. When they don't feel their best, they're limited at what they can do, and Chirp can fix that. With Chirp's patent-pending spinal canal and three different pressure options to choose from, Chirp will help your back feel better so you can be back to doing what you love in no time. The key features that make this product stand out are that there's three different pressure sizes, gentle, medium, and deep. Spinal canal to comfort your spine as our wheel gives your back a unique four-way stretch. Each wheel can hold up to 500 pounds, and they can be nested together for easy travel to take with you wherever you go. Visit GoChirp.com and enter the promo code ANGLE to save 10% off site-wide. That's GoChirp.com, and the promo code is ANGLE to save 10% off site-wide. That's GoChirp.com, and be sure to use the promo code ANGLE to save yourself some cash. Get 10% off at GoChirp.com with the promo code ANGLE. And just to add context to that, Dana wouldn't allow you to, because he didn't want people to assume that the UFC was a work or fixed because that rumor had been out there for the Japanese sort of counterpart, whether it was pride or K one or whatever, there were whispers that, well, the Yakuza is involved and all these other conspiracy theories. These aren't on the up and up legitimate fights. Dana didn't want any hint of that in the UFC, right? No, he didn't. He wanted to make sure that everybody knew it was legitimate. Yeah. And, uh, he was, a, he was going to make sure that would happen. So uh, I'm curious when you first start training jujitsu, I'm sure there had to be some guys when you go into that local Pittsburgh fight club who were looking at each other th thinking, wait, he doesn't know any jujitsu. I want to roll with him first because I want to tell my friends I tapped out Kurt angle that had to happen. Right. <laughs> Actually. No, no. I, I, I trained with the trainer, the head trainer there every day, uh, just him and I. So he was just teaching me moves, setups to submissions, uh, uh, you know, uh, get, get into the guard. Uh, what's the safest uh, way to do it? Uh, you know, how to fight from underneath, how to fight from on top. Uh, so we, we just worked out a lot of technique. We didn't spar very much, um, but uh, we also worked on stand-up fighting, boxing, uh, kicking, kicks. Uh, we, we did a lot of stuff, uh, but it was mainly just training, sparring. 
it's just fascinating to me when a guy like you, who has literally lived his entire, his entire life, whatever you do, don't find yourself in this position. And now all of a sudden in jujitsu, it's like, oh no, that's fine. It's okay to start there. That's a weird thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Be, being on your back. Yeah. Is the weirdest thing in the world when you're an amateur wrestler, because that's the last place you want to be. But if you know, in jujitsu, you're comfortable down there and, uh, you, you can attack from down there and you can actually, uh, submit somebody from underneath. So it's, it's totally the opposite. And that, that's why, uh, they don't mesh very well together when, when you have, uh, uh, to uh, a wrestler and a, and a jujitsu guy face each other, the wrestler's going to take him down and dominate, but the jujitsu guy's going to eventually catch him in some submission because he's comfortable down there. And I'm curious in your training, were you learning with a gi or without a gi? Without a gi, yeah, because that's what it would have been if you were in an actual fight on pay per view or what have you. So let's talk, uh, very briefly. Cause I know we've talked a little bit about the, the MMA stuff too long. How long, if at all, did you have a non-compete from the WWE? Did you have the standard 90 day or was it you're free to go today? Ironically, it was, I was free to go that day. I signed, um, there were no strings attached. Vince McMahon released me that day and I was free to do whatever I wanted. And, uh, you know, I, I was very grateful for that because, uh, you know, not that I was planning on going anywhere else at that particular time. It, when I signed the release, I just wanted to get out. I wanted to break. I wanted to get away. And uh, when I did, all these promotions started calling me, contacting me, and uh, were interested in signing me. And it was like, okay, wh- why am I, you know, I, I didn't want to sign with anyone but WWE. In other words, I was going to take a break and come back. Right. And, uh, you know, I, 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 w- I wanted to show my loyalty to WWE, but uh, when I started thinking about the different promotions contacting me and the interest they had and the money they wanted to, to give me, I was like, I wasn't even happy in WWE. Why do I want to go back? You know, so it was like, uh, why, am I, why am I thinking that way? Why am I pigeon-toeing myself to stay in the company when I didn't want to be there in the first place? And, uh, you know, a lot of it was my fault, the actions that I did. Uh, uh, the one thing I do regret about WWE is uh, when I got injured, I didn't take enough time yeah. uh, to rest. I always rushed back because I always wanted to get back as quickly as possible. And, and that's why I didn't enjoy my career there. It was my fault. But I do remember I was not happy there. So I had opportunities to go elsewhere and I was going to pursue them. Well, what's interesting is, you know, when you leave WWE and don't get me wrong back then. And even now WWE is the big league of professional wrestling, but that comes with a trade-off. You're not as in control of your creative, you, you know, somewhere else you're going to have more control creatively and more say, but in addition to that, you're probably going to have a much more strenuous travel schedule with WWE. So if you could enjoy a lighter schedule and have more say over your creative for maybe not the same money, but not too far off. That all of a sudden looks very attractive, right? Oh, yes. You know, you, you, all those things that you listed that you just said is exactly why I want to pursue another company. Um, you know, especially the money. I, and not only that, it's working less dates, a lot less dates. And uh, that's what I wanted. And that, that's the kind of deal that I was looking for. And uh, ironically, TNA is the one that offered it. Okay, so here's something that you probably know if you've ever seen a picture of my dad. Uh, my dad was full gray by the age of 30 years old. 
all the way silver Fox Jones. My dad had a full head of gray hair. And so my whole life I've been told, son, your hair will turn gray before it turns loose. And then in more recent years, my dad's hair started to thin and I got nervous. So keeps is here, baby. I decided to try keeps because I kept hearing about them on some of my other favorite podcasts. And now I'm here to tell you about keeps here on our show, the Kurt angle show. Now, unfortunately it's too late for Kurt. Maybe, uh, he lost his hair in a, in a hair match with edge back in 2002 in Nashville, but there's still time for me and you, you see two out of three men will often experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. I'm 39 and uh, I'm trying to get ahead of the curve, baby. More than 50 million men here in America suffer from male pattern baldness. And there are only two FDA approved medications that can help you prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both keeps offers simple, stress-free ways to keep your hair convenient with virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door. Every three months, you don't even have to leave your home. It's a low cost treatment start at just $10 a month and keeps offers generic versions discreet packaging and proven results keeps also has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. These treatments can take four to six months to see results. So act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Kurt to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K E E P S.com slash Kurt to get your first month for free. One more time. That's K E E P S dot com slash Kurt and keep your hair with keeps at keeps.com forward slash Kurt. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. I want to mention too, cause you know, context is King is what Eric Bischoff always says when, when someone, you know, I think a lot of our listeners just think of Kurt angled the wrestler. And so when they hear, oh, for a lot less dates, they think, oh, Kurt didn't want to work. I also want to contextualize this. Kurt's also at the time, a husband and a father. So think about that. You want to be home with your wife and kids too, right? You don't want to be in an airport and in a different Marriott somewhere across the globe every single night. It would be nice to take your kids to school and see a little league ball game, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're living on the road, you forfeit all of that. So, you know, um, less dates doesn't mean I don't want to work. It means work is not more important than everything else in my life, including my family. Right. Right. And, and also don't forget it'll prolong your career. Sure. Work states, you're going to have a longer career. You're going to be able to go many more years. So, you know, take those, both of those things into consideration. It's a no brainer why you'd want to do it. What was your support system like at the time? Was, was everybody pulling for you? Like family wise, your, your family unit at the time, they were a big advocate of you walking away from WWE. Yeah, they were all supportive. They, they knew that I, my time had come and that I was burned out and I needed somewhere else to, to spread my wings and, uh, uh, show my skills with, and, uh, they, they knew that, um, I wasn't happy with WWE for, for the last year I was there. And, uh, you know, I was very vocal about it with my family and, uh, I was pretty vocal about it at work too, <laughs> at WWE, which, uh, you know, I pissed off a lot of the office people, but you know, that <laughs> it is what it is. 
It is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> the observer would write, uh, in regards to you, of course, he is now the single most in demand individual, perhaps in the history of the industry. He now has the ability to, at least on a short-term basis, make more money than he ever has before. And perhaps in the process, destroy his body even further. While few will publicly say so virtually every major promotion from ring of honor to several groups in Japan, to UFC to numerous other MMA groups and everyone in between has expressed everything from curiosity to extreme interest in using angle as he heals up from the current batch of injuries. Nobody has said so publicly privately, everyone. And I mean, everyone you can think of is trying to contact him and talking about ideas of how he could be used while he can write his own ticket in pro wrestling from the ability to work a light schedule for big money in Japan or TNA. It is an MMA where he has the ability to get a one day payday that could very conceivably approach his annual $1 million salary from working in WWE boy, just reading that back. This had to be a pretty exciting time just about, Hey, what's possible and what could be next. Right? Yes. Uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised that everybody was pursuing me. I, I, you know, uh, being in WWE and you, you're at, you're actually trapped in that company. So right. you don't know what your opportunities are until you end up leaving it. And there was a lot of opportunity for me. And I was very excited about it. when you had conversations with Dana white. Uh, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to insinuate that I'm suggesting that Dana would necessarily fix fights, but Dana is a fight promoter and he understands that Mike Tyson didn't, you know, become the big megastar by immediately jumping into what I guess you would call deep water. You're not going to make the super fight fight one. You're going to build the legend, make this guy a big draw, look him like, make him look like an unbeatable machine, just like they did with Ronda Rousey. And then eventually, unfortunately, it's just a part of the fight game. Everyone loses. And when that happens, you have to figure out, okay, how do we get him back on track? Did you have a conversation with Dana about, I don't mean to say that they were going to fix the fights, but they were going to give you some rather easier opponents for your style to get you started and make you this mega draw and then set up a super fight. Did you have that type of conversation? Yeah. In, in a roundabout way, it, it, he wasn't very specific on saying, Hey, we're going to protect you. When we start. Right. But, but the opponent that he gave me at the beginning when we were going to start was uh, a good opponent, uh, very, uh, very intriguing from a, a public interest standpoint. Uh, especially a pro wrestling fan standpoint and uh, very intriguing because he didn't have a lot of um, experience in MMA. He only fought a couple times, but I had a little um, episode with him in the WWE. <laughs> that was Daniel Pewter. And when Dana said that to me, I was like, you serious? That's, that's all just Daniel Pewter. Uh, not that I thought that Daniel was easy because, you know, he actually, he had my arm trapped. He, he could have broke my arm uh, when we, when we did our little episode on SmackDown, but, um, uh, I just, um, I knew that I could beat Daniel P Pewter <laughs> and, uh, you know, especially if I, uh, rested and let my neck heal, uh, when, when I worked with Daniel Pewter in WWE, um, I, I just got back from my neck surgery and my arms were so weak. I couldn't do five pushups. Wow. I was really vulnerable. And I'm not sure why the WWE had me get in the ring with Daniel Pewter, uh, knowing that my, my condition, but they did. And, um, 
you know, I ended up getting caught in a situation that could have been turned ugly, but uh, fortunately, Daniel pinned himself when it happened. He was on his back, just like a jujitsu guy would be. <laughs> sure. It, it, it was it was about pinning your opponent. That's what it was. The competition was, and Daniel was trying to tap me out, so he didn't understand the rules. Um, but he did catch me, and I knew that, and I knew I was very capable of being caught again. But I was going to make sure he didn't. So I was excited about the first fight. You know, Daniel Pewter. Uh, formidable opponent for me at that particular time, not too overbearing, not somebody that was well-known in MMA. Uh, it was a good starting fight for me. So I knew Dana was caring about my, um, my career in, in the MMA because he was giving me an opponent that I could possibly beat. And he was, he was being a good promoter because if you were a hardcore wrestling fan, you knew the backstory or he was huge. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes. Make a lot of money with that story. Yeah. So of course we know eventually Brock Lesnar is going to make the leap in MMA, but that was after you're already up and going with TNA. So you're at least having these conversations ahead of time, but he had left the WWF before you did, uh, and made some money over in Japan. Were you talking to, to, uh, to Brock about what maybe was possible over in Japan? Well, he called me out of the blue. He, I guess he didn't want to do a job for anybody over in Japan. He was a IWGP champion. It was the third belt that, that we wrestled for IWGP third belt. I heard Brock was stripped of that title, but he wasn't stripped because I beat him for that title. Brock wanted me to come over to Japan to wrestle him so he could lose to me and I would end up losing to somebody over in New Japan. Uh, so that, that was his idea. I told him I'd do it. I, you know, we were, we were good friends, very close and, uh, if he wanted me to come over and do that for him, I was willing to do it. So, you know, TNA gave me the approval and, you know, obviously TNA got paid for those events of course, um, because they were paying me. And, uh, so I didn't, I didn't see any money from, from the events in Japan, uh, new Japan for the IWGB title. Uh, even when I, uh, continued to, uh, defend it. And I, I think I did three more times. Uh, so TNA was getting that money and that's when I put a stop to it. And I said, okay, I can't, I can't be going over Japan and not making any money. Uh, you know, this is ridiculous. So that's when I dropped the title, uh, cause they want me to hold it for a while longer. And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to drop it. Uh, the next time I wrestle in Japan, it can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing, waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever to the naked eye trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are. And they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop over a mile to stop by that time. It's too late. And the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. And if the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. It, it is fascinating to think we saw you and Brock, of course, in WWE and then we saw you guys in Japan, 
but you just barely missed each other with this preliminary conversation about MMA, because when Brock decides he's going to move on from wrestling in Japan, he jumps, you know, both feet into the fire for MMA. And it is kind of interesting to think that maybe one of the UFC super fights one day could have been Brock Lesnar versus Kurt angle. That would have been pretty interesting. Well, you know what? I would not want to fight Brock, um, out of respect for him and the friendship we had, but if the money were right, I know he'd want to fight me Sure, and I know I would want to fight him too. So it's, it is all about money. Um, sometimes it kind of sucks. Uh, you know, you, you can't take that personally, uh, cause you're trying to provide money uh, for your family, uh, to take care of them. And, uh, that comes first before friendship. So, uh, I'm sure that Brock and I would have, if they would have gave us the right figure, we probably wouldn't have went at it. <laughs> If you would have gone into that, do you think you would have competed at heavyweight or would you have tried to cut and see if you could get down to 205? Oh, I was close to 205 at the time. So light heavyweight would have been my weight class. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but would I, would I fight heavyweight? Sure. Certain fights, I would do that. But, you know, these guys, you're giving up a lot of weight. and uh, That could take its toll on you during a fight. You know, if they're leaning on you and, uh, getting you tired, um, you know, that, that that's when your quickness goes away and you, know, you can't afford to lose that. So it's, uh, it's a tough thing to do, but you know, I probably would have fought a few of the heavyweights. It is interesting to think though, you know, had you done that, maybe we would have seen you and Randy Couture or you and Chuck Liddell or you and Tito Ortiz. Cause two Oh five was really where the money was for UFC in that era. I mean, that was before They're very hot at the time. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about, um, where we are with, uh, with all things TNA, because that's really ultimately where you're going to land. Um, Meltzer would say there's a thought process that goes with it, that WWE and you cutting ties with WWE means they no longer saw value in you as a performer worth the TV time to invest. But then on September 1st. Uh, this is in the observer quote, sending out a message on its mobile alert, stating that the meeting before between angle and WWE executives was heated and confrontational. And they labeled angle as an emotional wreck. When he left the building, when you see that the WWE is, I don't know, this doesn't feel like it's very, uh, WWE esque. It almost feels like they're playing dirty a little bit at the time. Did that hurt your feelings? Does it generate a call from you to Vince or what do you remember about that? You know what? It didn't hurt my feelings. Uh, you know, I, I was a little bit, uh, deterred by it, but, uh, I was an emotional wreck. Okay. You know, I was hard to deal with, especially the last five or six months. So them putting out that statement, I'm sure that they, they, they partly put it out because they needed to, um, to show whose fault it was, I guess. But at the same time, I think they put it out there um, to show that uh, or to refrain from me signing with another company. Yeah. Probably scaring another company from wanting to sign me because I'm in a quote unquote emotional wreck. So, um, you know, I don't expect these new companies to make a decision from a statement from WWE. I expect them to sit down with me personally and find out how I'm doing at that time. And, uh, you know, and, and talk to me as a person, that's, that's how I would, um, evaluate a person was how they were in that moment at that particular time, not in the past. And, uh, that that's what WWE was doing. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. You did uh, have a statement on your website at the time. Many say I am. Some may say I'm not, but I want you to know that over the six solid years of nonstop wrestling action under my belt, from the shows to the world tours, I traded, I treated every single match as if it were my last. I've never known a time in my life from training competition or entertainment where I have not tried to give you over 100%. I honestly do not know of any other way to wrestle or perform. And I've always wanted to give you the fans what I would expect to see. Uh, so I feel like that's a, a pretty nice message to put out there that, uh, Hey, you know, you're not addressing that they've maybe slandered you a little bit, but you're also saying, Hey, I'm giving a hundred percent and I always will for you fans, which is a nice message. Yeah. Because it's all about the fans. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what WWE thinks or what TNA thinks or what the promotion thinks. It's all about what the fans think. And I wanted them to know I've always put everything on the line for them. And I've always done that and will continue to do that until the day I die. Another thing you put out at the time is that you didn't feel like you had reached your peak as a pro wrestler, which we just briefly touched on. You listed Ric Flair, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and the undertaker saying that they really hit their prime after where you were so far time-wise in your career quote, but there's one big difference between us. I'm by far the most aggressive and intense athlete of all on the mat. When I step into the ring, I treat it as real. It feels real. And then I play it like a real shoot fight, which, you know, I do think is the differentiator between say your style versus a guy like a Ric Flair or an undertaker and what have you. But is that also a nice phrasing to uh, help sell yourself to potential MMA opportunities? Without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, especially the work shoot ones, you know, the K ones and the pride fighting where they, they were rumored that, you know, some of those fights were half work. I was trying to market myself into those markets and, uh, seeing if, you know, testing the waters and seeing if they would bite without a doubt. You're right. Uh, another quote here from you injuries have always been a natural part of the business in my life, but where I have failed is not taking the time to recover when I'm out the mental stress sitting back becomes worse than the physical pain. Something tells my inner soul to go back regardless of the condition. The funny thing is this obsession is what the industry loves, but this, this obsession can also be my destruction. And you even were quoted as saying that. The pain had gotten so bad from some of these injuries that you would have to take a Motrin just to get out of bed and take out the garbage. Uh, that's when you probably realize, Hey man, something's got to change, right? Yeah. And it was a hell of a lot more than the Motrin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, I, the way I wrestled and, 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 you know, sitting at home, I always wanted to be at home when I was on the road, especially when I was injured. But when I got home, um, I always wanted to be on the road. It, it was a, it was a really a, a mental F U C K to myself. Uh, you know, I, I think it's my OCD always, uh, compulsing about things. And, uh, you know, you're sitting at home and wondering what, what the boys are doing on the road and how the show's going. 
and uh, you're sitting there watching TV, trying to rest your body, you get a little restless and you want to, you want to do something. So you start thinking about when I get back there, what am I going to do? How am I going to treat this? Uh, uh, what changes am I going to make? Uh, and, and you, you end up, um, you end up being uh, very uh, restless and you, you, you want to get back to work and it doesn't matter how bad the injury is. You make yourself believe you're okay and you're going to go back and do it. And that, that's what I did, especially with my neck, the five different broken necks that I had always rushed back. And I should never should have, I should have taken the right amount of time because I would have had a longer career and I would have been healthier throughout my career. If I didn't have all those neck injuries, that really set me back. Remember how easy it was in your twenties. You had so much energy. You could get away with the late night drive throughs. You could even pinch a uh, trouser tent at a moment's notice. Well, that's because you had plenty of testosterone and it's time to get it back. You could get testosterone injections, but that involves awkward doctor visits, expensive medical bills. And the worst part, once you opt for artificial testosterone, you will suppress your body's ability to naturally produce it even more. But isn't that the problem in the first place? Before considering that pharmaceutical option, there are ways you can naturally raise your testosterone. And one of the easiest ways is by using legacy test stack from legacy sports nutrition. Test X nine has nine key ingredients clinically proven to support natural testosterone production and T assist is designed to supercharge T boosting effects with added anti-estrogen compounds. Nick Aldis, the founder of legacy sports nutrition has been blown away by the feedback that customers have sent in after using the ultimate test stack. Guys are feeling stronger in the gym. They have more energy and guys in their late thirties have reported morning wood for the first time in years. One even reported becoming a father after four years of trying, no matter what you do, if you're a guy having optimum testosterone levels is the key to looking, feeling and performing better. Try the ultimate test stack today, and they're confident you'll love the results. Just go to LegacySups.com. That's LegacySups.com, L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S.com. And the promo code is ANGLE to save 10% off your entire order. That's LegacySups.com, and the promo code is ANGLE to save 10% off your entire order. That's L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S.com. And the promo code is angle to save 10% off your entire order. And we thank Mr. Nick Aldis for sponsoring today's podcast. Well, one of the things I, I we haven't known each other a very long time, but one of the things I know about you is when Kurt angle says he's going to do something, he's going to do everything in his power to do it. And I know that you also don't want to let anybody down. So I feel like you were probably in a spot where when you're at work, you feel like, man, I don't want to let the family down. I need to be there. But when you're at home, man, I don't want to let work down. I need to be there. And I think a lot of business people who maybe identify as workaholics, they feel that way too, where they want to do well and provide by their family, but they do it so long. And they're like, man, am I missing the really valuable time with my family? But then when they're home, man, I'm, I'm missing an opportunity to take care of them and I'm missing work. I need to get back to work and do right by them. So. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, Catch 22. You're absolutely right. Let's talk about TNA. TNA in the process, TNA at this time is in the process of one of their bigger months in company history. We're moving into prime time in November, and it's going to change the whole creative team as well. They're removing Mike Tanay, Scott Demore, and Jeremy Borash, and instead installing Vince McMahon, or I'm sorry, Vince Russo. That would have been hilarious. 
uh, Vince Russo as the head of creative. What were your conversations like with TNA? Did, uh, did, did Dixie call you? Did Jarrett call you? Did, did Russo call you? Who first comes in touch with you about the opportunity to go to TNA? Dixie Carter. She called me and, uh, we talked on the phone and, uh, then, uh, Jeff ended up calling me and, uh, Jeff Jarrett, and we discussed, uh, you know, a possibility of working together and they told me to, uh, write down a figure and, uh, they would reach out to me the next day and we'll see if we can make it work. So, uh, it was relatively easy and painless, uh, quickest deal I ever did. I wrote down my figure and, uh, the next day they said, okay, we'll fly up and sign you. <laughs> it was that easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no negotiations. It was just one time thing. And, uh, I got what I wanted and I was very happy. So let's talk about the terms of that contract. I don't want you to tell me the number, but, um, Jr. has a, a conversation a lot with me where he says for the wrestling business, it comes down to cash and creative, the two C's. So you've got the cash figured out is creative even discussed at that point. No, it wasn't. I was surprised, but you know, I, I knew that they rehired Vince Russo as the head of creative. I was excited about that. Cause I never worked with Vince Russo before y'all just barely Actually, missed each other, right? Yes. We barely missed each other in WWE WWF at the time. So I was really excited because I, I knew how talented he was and, uh, I was looking forward to his creative ideas. So what was your impression of working with Dixie Carter? She was all, all business. I loved her. Um, she also is, uh, has a motherly like, uh, careness about her uh, that really makes her stand apart from others. Um, she really cares about the individuals without a doubt, always cared about me, always put my, my health and my life first. Uh, that's, that's what I really enjoyed about Dixie. Uh, if I wasn't feeling good or if I couldn't work a certain night, I could just tell her I could take the night off and uh, she'd be okay with it. And, uh, you know, when, when I had to go to rehab, she paid me the whole time I went there and she even let me have three months off afterward. Like <laughs> she, she was the most giving person I've ever been with. And, uh, she, it, it wasn't always about money with her. It was, it was about being a humanitarian. What about Jeff Jarrett? You know, back then, I don't think you had spent much time with him. Right. I mean, I think your, your times in W in the WWE would have just barely crossed paths or maybe missed each other slightly. Yeah. So I didn't know Jeff that well. Uh, he was in WWE when I started training there. So I, I would be at TVs with him where I do dark matches and Jeff would be on TV shows. Uh, but, uh, I didn't talk to him that much, but, uh, I got to have a really good relationship with him when I signed with TNA and, uh, uh you know, Jeff, Jeff's always been a good guy and he was always good. to me. When you're having these initial conversations, are you having more of the business conversation with Dixie and the actual wrestling conversation with Jeff? Yes. Yes. Pretty much the money Dixie, the, the wrestling ideas was Jeff and uh, Vince Russo actually. So, um, yeah, that's how they did it. That's how they ran the business and they continue to do it that way. You know, this sounds silly because you sort of laid out that you just asked for a certain amount of money and then they agreed with it. Were they your best financial offer? Or were they just the most quote unquote stable? They were, they were one of the top financial offers that I got. I put it this way. It was seven figures. Okay. Uh, you know, it was a five-year deal 
And I ended up signing that five-year deal again when the contract was up. So um, they always took care of me. So, you know, I, I got 11 years out of them for seven figures a year. Uh, that was, that was enough for me. Um, yeah. I, I was good with that, especially being a smaller company like TNA. Uh, I don't think anybody else was getting paid nearly as much as I was. I think the next guy in line was making like 300. So, uh, you know, I, there was a big gap. They were taking a big, gigantic chance with me. And I knew that. And I was very grateful for that. Well, it was a landmark signing for TNA. You know, Eric says context is king. To add the context to this, you were considered to be and had been for quite some time the best wrestler in the world. And if you're trying to compete in prime time and you're trying to, you know, not no longer be just the Wednesday night pay per view or a random afternoon on Fox Sports Net, but we're going to be on a major cable system in prime time, who better to debut with than the best wrestler in the world? You're right about that. I was the best wrestler in the world at the time. At least I, I thought I was. And uh, I think a lot of fans would have agreed at that particular time. You, somewhere in here, what always threw me off is I think your manager at the time, Mr. Dave Hawk, announced that you were going to retire as a professional wrestler to become a full-time MMA fighter. Was that ever the actual plan or was that always, as Vince would say, a swerve, bro? That was a swerve, bro. (laughs) (laughs) That was because TNA didn't want anybody to know that I was debuting there. And, uh, I also didn't want anybody to know. So, uh, we kept it very hush. We, you know, our meetings were very private. Um, you know, whenever I go to meet with Dixie or, or Jeff, um, there would only be like three people in the room and they would have to sign NDAs that they couldn't say anything or they get sued. So there, there was a lot of hush going on during that particular time. Also, you know, again, I don't want to get too much into the details of your contract, but I've always been fascinated by this. Apparently there was a carve out that you asked for that you could do MMA. So you can do these outside deals, including mixed martial arts. Dixie was okay with that. Dixie was okay with that. Uh, you know, as dumb as it sounded, that's what I wanted at that time. Uh, and that's what I was trying to get. I still wanted to get a big fight or a few big fights. And, uh, you know, that's why I was training MMA at the same time as when I signed with TNA. So, uh, it, it, it would have been almost impossible though. I wouldn't have been able to compete at, uh, my fullest potential if I was still pro wrestling. And, um, I, I didn't understand that at that time. All I was seeing was dollar signs. And, uh, that was enough for me at that particular time to be, to want to do it. So, uh, and I'm glad I didn't because I don't know if, um, I would have ended my career, uh, something freak accident, sure. uh, during an MMA fight. So you never know what could happen. And, uh, I, I don't think you can fight and wrestle at the same time. I don't think anybody can. I want to mention too, cause we have talked a lot about money here and, and you've laid out that that was a primary focus. You have to appreciate Kurt's mentality at the time. He's coming off of all these brutal injuries. He's broken his neck multiple times. So even though we haven't overtly said it here on this show, we should now you're probably wondering, I don't know how much longer I can do this. So I need to make as much money as I can right now. Right? Yes. And that, that was my mindset. That's why I wanted to do MMA. Um, I, I didn't know how long I was going to be able to stand this, uh, uh, constant beating of my body. Yeah. And so I, I was looking for bigger paydays and, uh, 
that was that was part of the reason why I wanted to do MMA as well is to make more money quicker. When you were, uh, we talked about Unforgiven, and and you had your whole family there, and of course all your brothers were there. And you said last week that you know your brothers weren't always super supportive of pro wrestling, but when they know you're flirting with the idea of MMA, were they all gung ho for that? They had seen you kick ass in amateur. Were they ready for that? They were excited. Yes. Yeah. They, they wanted me to do it. So uh, they were part of the reason why I wanted to do it. They were pushing me into do it, doing it. So uh, that's, those are my brothers, man. They're badasses, and they, they always will be. So let's um, catch you up here. You go to Nashville on September 20th to film secret vignettes in a local warehouse. That's hard to believe that this was 15 years ago. Uh, Meltzer would write, uh, TNA did not even allow its regular television crew to film it. They used a different crew and made everyone sign confidentiality papers. They filmed it at midnight in the hopes no one would see. And the only thing that did get out is they hired several local independent workers to set up a ring, paid them well, but again, made them sign confidentiality agreements, but none of them saw angle. They all left confused, believing that nobody ever got in the ring. They set up and then angle wrote a six page handwritten. Thank you letter to Carter that day which apparently she was touched by. So I love this double secret probation off location, not our regular crew. We're going to shoot it at midnight. No one will be there. That's fun stuff. And I appreciate that they went to such great lengths to sort of keep it a secret, but what can you tell us about this? Thank you letter that you wrote to uh, Dixie. Well, I, I just want to let her know how grateful I was, you know, her, uh, give me an opportunity to, continue my career, uh, knowing that I had some serious injuries and, uh, that thing that could come back to haunt me. So she was taking a chance with me and, uh, I knew that. So I was just trying to tell her how grateful I was. And I felt like this was my new life and my new career. And it was a new beginning. And I was very excited about my journey forward. A little, uh, snippet of your letter here that you wrote to uh, Dixie. This is handwritten on a hotel notepad in a Nashville, uh, hotel quote, being with TNA feels like I finally found my home. I had fun in WWE at certain times, but I was never really happy now being a part of TNA. I know I have a purpose. I feel like I'm a part of history, a part of a company that's not only on the rise, not only going to be number one watched wrestling show in the world within a short period of time, but TNA gives me an opportunity to spread my wings. The company has no limits to where it can go. The sky's the limit. And the main reason is because they brought back the real into wrestling. And that is a perfect fit for the greatest wrestler in USA Olympic history. I have room to grow here and to help TNA grow working for these caring and very giving employees of TNA makes me feel like I have a purpose and that the sky's the limit. I don't feel trapped or held back. Like I did in the first six years in my tenure with the other company, they held me back. Now our wonderful audience will see the real Kurt angle doing what I love to do real wrestling. And that's what puts a smile on my face. Each time I come to work, I even smile when I think about it. TNA will be the most watched wrestling television show on cable television. It's only a matter of time. Now I get the opportunity and privilege of being part of it. Thank you. TNA for saving my career, my life and desire to do what I love. I'll be here in some capacity for the rest of my life. That's real. Damn real. Boy, what a nice note to hand Dixie. Look at you. I'm such a good guy. (laughs) 
So tell me about these, uh, these vignettes that you shot and what that process was like. We heard what Meltzer said happened. What really happened? What do you remember about putting those together? Well, it was, they were very quick. Uh, you know, there was a background lights and water falling and it was just me like doing poses and, uh, you know, revealing myself uh, at the end of the pay-per-view when I, when I made my debut, I remember it well, it's real, it's damn real. And I started laughing. Uh, th- those were the vignettes that I did. Uh, they, they were, it wasn't, didn't take us very long. We got them done and we were out of there. Guys, I love talking about chili sleep. This has been a game changer for me for years and years. I've known that I slept better with the house cool. So I would crank down my AC unit to 67 degrees, but then I just found a life hack. It's called chili sleep. Chili sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. They make the Uller, which is what I have and the cube sleep system. These are hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. This really just made common walking around sense to me, man. Why crank down the AC and make sure the kitchen is 67? Why crank it down to 67 in the dining room? I don't need that to be cool. I need to be cool. Chilly sleep to the rescue. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep. Whether you sleep hot or cold, these sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. That's what's happened thanks to Chili Sleep in my household, and Chili Sleep can make it happen for you. Here's how it works. You'll set the rig up next to your bed. You'll put the mattress topper over your bed. You'll power the unit on and pair it with an app you're going to download on your phone. And then you set a schedule, man. This is a game changer for me. My bed starts cooling off every night at 10 p.m. It starts warming up every morning at 6 a.m. I used to toss and turn and flip the pillow because I wanted to be cool. And what did Stuart Scott used to say? Cooler than the other side of the pillow. I was running hot, man. I keep flipping that pillow to get that coolness. I don't need to anymore. My whole freaking bed is cool. I'm cool because I've got chili sleep and you're going to be cool too. Check this out for an extra layer of comfort. You can also get the chili blanket which is the only weighted blanket that can be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. Head on over to chillysleep.com forward slash angle to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for Kurt Angle listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash angle to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. That's chillysleep.com forward slash angle. And I think the big reveal also used your mouthpiece. What do you remember of that? Cause that was a fun little way to make the reveal. I thought, yeah, I got to use the mouthpiece. I, I don't know what was written on it. I think it was just completely black. Right. Uh, I don't know. I thought it had, I could be wrong, but I thought it said something on it. I don't know. I just remember I ordered that pay-per-view. I did not know you were going to be a part of the show. And then when it airs at the end, everybody it, thought it was Goldberg. <laughs> It, everybody went nuts. It was huge. It was a major moment. Um, I was scared when they were chanting Goldberg. I'm like, oh shit. I hope they're not, <laughs> I hope they're not disappointed. It's me, <laughs> buddy. Nobody has ever been disappointed that it was Kurt angle and not Goldberg. Uh, let's jump into some questions Rajiv wants to know was signing with TNA your way of saying, I'll show you what you lost WWE or did you actually feel TNA was a desirable place to be at this time? The reason I signed with TNA and there's nothing wrong with this, but when you're in WWE, it's a huge company. Yeah. It's bigger than you. 
Yeah. There's nothing you can do. You can have the greatest career of all time. You're not going to make a bigger impression on the company than the company itself. Yeah. TNA, it's a smaller company. You're the big name in the company. You're carrying the company on your back. You're building that company. You're making it into a WWE. You have a purpose that way. So, you know, when you're in WWE, you're never bigger than the product. When you're in TNA, you are bigger than the product that's carrying that product to another level. There's a bigger purpose in it. Well said. Uh, another one here from, uh, Denovius. He says, after you left WWE for TNA, do you have any baggage that was affecting morale or did you let it go and see this opportunity as a fresh start? No matter what. A lot of baggage, but I let it all go. Uh, I didn't bring that baggage with me. I had a new mindset, a new attitude. And I was, a, I was the same old Kurt angle that started out in WWE his rookie year. And I was very excited about it. Uh, Jeremy priest says, uh, how emotional were you debuting in TNA? You had a heck of a run in WWE and now you change directions. What was going through your mind? I guess better said, Kurt, did you feel like you had something to prove? Did you feel like you needed to prove it to WWE to yourself? Or was it really more about, Hey, I'm going to have a good time and I'm going to help these guys grow. It was about me proving myself that I could be a, a formidable player and make a company grow bigger than it was. And I think I did a good job at that. It wasn't just me though. It was a lot of other wrestlers in that company, but I wanted to show that I had a purpose in my life and that purpose was TNA and that can make this company grow. It never became as big as WWE, but th there were times where the ratings started to get fairly close. You know, we were doing 2 million uh, viewers a week, 2.1 million viewers a week on, on Spike, which was a big deal for TNA at the time. I think sure. this is around 2009, 2010. And uh, it made me feel very good as, as a representative of the company that I was uh, one of the main reasons for that. Luke from Eastern Iowa wants to know, going into TNA, who were some of the people you were looking forward to working with? Oh, gosh, a lot of them. <laughs> AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Sting, uh, Scotty Steiner, um, you know, James Storm, Bobby Roode, Eric Young, uh, Jay Lethal, so many, so many talented individuals. The list goes on and on. Magnus, uh, there, there are a lot of great guys. And um, the women, you know, they had a, a great reputation of being the best women wrestlers in the world. The knockouts had a great reputation at the time. So it was a very uh, good company with a lot of talent. If memory serves the first time we see you actually come through a curtain in TNA, you're getting in the ring and doing a stare down with Samoa Joe. Why was he the right guy? Uh, I don't know. I, I did not like that because Samoa Joe was undefeated. And I felt, I felt like if I came in the company and um, started out with someone else, Joe and I could work up to each other in six months to a year yeah. and really build our program. But they wanted to slingshot this thing and, and make it, you know, do it really quickly. And unfortunately I ended Joe's undefeated streak. You know, the first pay-per-view I came in or when I wrestled, I yeah. did wrestle at pay-per-view, but the second pay-per-view when I wrestled, uh, I beat Samoa Joe and ended his undefeated streak. It made no sense at all. I just felt like we could have built this up. We could have done a lot more pay-per-view buys if we would have built it the, the correct way instead of slingshotting it. But that's what the company wanted. So that's what I did. 
we'll talk about that another time, but, uh, next week I'm excited because we're going to do a watch along and we've had a lot of fun with those next week. We're going to be doing the iron man match for you versus Shawn Michaels. It went down on October 3rd, 2005, uh, boy, an iron man match with Shawn Michaels. Sign me up. That's going to be a good episode next week, dude. It will be a great episode. I can't wait to do the watch along. And I'll tell you what, if you're going to be in an Ironman match, you're going to need some extra protein and I know where to get it physically fit.com. You want to be sure to use that promo code angle pod and you'll save 20% off all of the chicken snacks and snack smart, uh, opportunities, including Sriracha jalapeno ranch, cinnamon sorrel, which is probably number one kung pao sweet barbecue buffalo wing and blue cheese pizza you got something for everybody at physicallyfit.com don't you kurt yes we do a lot of great flavors everybody loves the taste uh their chicken snacks snack smart crispy protein bites organic pro- plant protein you have your choice between the pr- plant protein and the chicken snacks the chicken protein uh but order them at physicallyfit.com you're gonna love them I can't recommend it enough. See what everybody else already knows. By the way, they're only nine 99. You're going to save 20% on your entire order. So order multiple bags and it's 20% off every bit of it. You're only going to see roughly a hundred calories per serving. I'm taking a look at the Buffalo wing and blue cheese, but dude, you got 10 grams of protein in there. So that's 20% of what you need for the dog on day in a single serving. And it tastes great too. Right, Kurt? Yeah, the flavor is incredible. Um, you know, we have a bunch of them, like you said, sriracha, sweet barbecue, uh, buffalo wing and blue cheese, cinnamon swirl, a bunch of great flavors. You're going to absolutely love them. So check it out. With your 20% off, you're going to be under eight bucks, uh, and there's seven, seven servings per container. So you're paying, what, just over a dollar a snack? That's unbelievable. Check it out. Physicallyfit.com. Kurt, I don't know if you saw people on Twitter, but somebody said the other day, this is not just good by itself. They're mixing this into other stuff. It's a great topper. It's good. It's filled with protein and it tastes great. It adds some crunch. People are getting creative with chicken snacks, man. They are. They're getting creative, putting them up, putting them on salads, uh, putting them on ice cream, uh, you know, sandwiches, your, everything. Your, yeah. Your favorite dessert. You just add uh, protein to your favorite dessert. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever way you're going to eat it, you're going to get your protein. I mean, really think about that. The cinnamon with the ice cream, I could go for that. And I could also go for a hookup over at KurtAngleBrand.com. If you haven't already, check it out. He's got everything you could want. You want to send a video message for someone in your life who's a big wrestling fan? No problem. What if you could send them a Kurt Angle birthday card? They're never going to, all right, grandma's going to slip them a five in a, in a birthday card, but Kurt Angle sent them a birthday card. That's awesome. Uh, and they've also got all of your different t-shirts, all the different merch. Maybe my favorite piece of merch, the little cowboy hats or the, uh, the little milk cartons. Of course you can get autographed eight by tens and photos and whatnot, but how cool is this? I don't think a lot of people are doing this. You'll actually sign stuff for people. So if you met Kurt before at a meet and greet or a convention or whatever, maybe you've got one of his old title belts as a replica, he'll autograph that, get it back to you. All the details are over at KurtAnglebrand.com, and you've made it very affordable for everyone, right? Kurt? Yes. My prices for my merchandise, very affordable. I wanted to make sure that everybody could afford it. Uh, very low prices. And that's a thank you to all the fans that have uh, supported me throughout my entire career. The best way to support the show is to go to KurtAnglebrand.com, pick up what you're looking for, for all things Kurt Angle. And of course, uh, we would love to have a five-star review. If you think we've earned it, tell your friends about your new favorite wrestling podcast. That's the Kurt Angle show. And we'll be back next week talking about the Iron Man match with Shawn Michaels right here on the Kurt Angle show. 
All right, folks, let's run a timeout right now to talk about our friends at Chirp. Chirp is a brand dedicated to helping the world feel good so they can do more of the stuff they love. In other words, Chirp is all about feel good, do more. To do this, Chirp creates simple, innovative, and effective pain relief and prevention solutions. Chirp started with a revolutionary wheel for back pain, but they really are just getting started. I got to tell you, our experience with Chirp here at the Thompson household has been huge. Uh, Mrs. Thompson hurt her back several years ago, and now whenever she maybe overdoes it at the gym or comes home bragging about a PR, I know what's going to happen later that night. She's going to be in the floor rolling around with Chirp. Chirp is all about helping people feel good and do more. And this back pain is preventing millions of people from feeling their best. When they don't feel their best, they're limited at what they can do, and Chirp can fix that. With Chirp's patent-pending spinal canal and three different pressure options to choose from, Chirp will help your back feel better so you can be back to doing what you love in no time. The key features that make this product stand out are that there's three different pressure sizes, gentle, medium, and deep. Spinal canal to comfort your spine as our wheel gives your back a unique four-way stretch. Each wheel can hold up to 500 pounds, and they can be nested together for easy travel to take with you wherever you go. Visit GoChirp.com and enter the promo code ANGLE to save 10% off site-wide. That's GoChirp.com, and the promo code is ANGLE to save 10% off site-wide. That's GoChirp.com, and be sure to use the promo code ANGLE to save yourself some cash. Get 10% off at GoChirp.com with the promo code ANGLE. Hey, listen up. If you're in a 30 year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, what are you waiting for? Hurry to save with Conrad.com. We're routinely helping wrestling fans just like you all across the country, save more money than they ever thought possible. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but what's best about save with Conrad.com. It's the experience. Don't take my word for it. Check out all the five-star reviews over at ConradReviews.com. Michael up in Akron, Ohio, gave us five stars and said, Jimmy and Jennifer were great to work with. They always responded right away. Whenever I had any questions, we got another five-star review from Robert in New Jersey, another five-star review from Judith in North Carolina. What about a five-star from Nicholas in South Carolina or a five-star from Stephanie in Indiana or a five-star from Corey in Florida? We want to save you money. We want to show you how to keep more of your own money. And we're routinely helping podcast listeners just like you say five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you can do it too right now at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, savewithconrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.